I'll turn in your Bible, please, to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 9. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 9. The message this morning is based on this text. A rather brief message. May we pray. Our Father, we thank you for these over two decades that thou hast given us on the radio stations of Bowling Green. We thank you for each one. We pray thou wilt expand this radio ministry. And our hearts can hardly imagine the blessing of being heard on stations outside of this area on a nationwide broadcast. We pray for God's direction in the days ahead as we visualize such an expansion of ministry. We pray that everyone in this place today and those who listen by radio will be touched by the Holy Spirit. This will be an hour of victory in Jesus. May the Holy Spirit do His work in Christ's name. Amen. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 9, O Zion, that bringest good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, that bringest good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Israel was in a defeated situation. The nation had gone into captivity in Babylon. They hung their harps on willow trees and wept. Somebody said, sing the songs of Zion. And they said, we can't sing those songs in a foreign land. And then God said, Isaiah, I have a message for you to declare to my discouraged people. You get up and go down and give them this word. And here's the word you're to give them. And it's recorded in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 40, through 40, through 31. This entire chapter. It begins like this. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem. Cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received at the Lord's hand double for all her sin. And then part of that message was the message to, to get up with a great big radio aerial, a great big tower on a high hill, and declare this message. Say unto the daughters of Zion, O thou that bringest good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, behold your God. Now, of course, it's an anachronism to say they had radios in those days. They didn't have radio then. They didn't have any television. But they did have a servant of God who was willing to declare the message. And they heard some, they had some recipients of that message who also had a heart that caught fire. And they went out and gave that message of strength and comfort and warning to all who would listen. The radio was not invented at that time, but praise the Lord, through the years, the radio has been part of the Christian movement, and we're grateful for that. We think of the early uh, transportation and communication developments that have happened. The early automobiles were founded and fashioned as early as 1885 as experimental. And then uh, Henry Ford started an assembly line in Detroit in 19... Of course, we know that in 1903, the Wright brothers founded the airplanes, and uh, since then, they have been going intercontinental all across this world. 
But did you know that the first transatlantic telegraphic transmission was in the year 1901? And we have some people in our church who were alive before that date, before there was any radio at all. One of them is here today, Mrs. Noreen Brown. Marconi discovered radio in 1885. It did not actually become uh, Americanized, you might say, or part of our public scene until 1904. And actually, the first radio programs were in 1920, just 10 years before I was born. And so radio is a comparatively new thing. And yet there are many who believe that the radio and television ministry has developed in answer to that cry of Isaiah hundreds of years ago, get up on the high hill. And that's where most of the radio aerials are, and the television antennas. Get up on the high hill and declare unto the cities of Israel, the cities of Judah, behold your God and declare it without fear. Now, I believe that's God's message to His church in times like these. It is God's will for us to declare the message, to get the word out worldwide for the first time in all of history. A man can stand before a microphone like this, and his message can be beamed to the entire world at the same time. They'll receive it in China. They receive it in England. They receive it in Russia. They receive it in Israel. They receive it in Libya. They receive it in South America by Telstar and so on. So that this message of salvation can, in our day, go out to an entire world. And I believe this is God's plan and God's purpose. And wouldn't it be great if God should lead the Glendale Baptist Church to have a type of ministry that would go beyond Bowling Green, beyond Warren County, out to the regions beyond, which is a very viable possibility if we're willing to pay the price and pay and pray, pray the price. Now the question is, what message are we going to give? I think the message is the same that Isaiah gave in 40th chapter of Isaiah, and I just want to briefly lay it on your heart. Isaiah sort of said, Lord, what shall I say? Well, he said, here's what you're to do. Give them the word. Comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem. Cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received at the Lord's hand double for all her sin. It's a message of the wonderful word of God. We believe in the inerrancy of Scripture. That what God said in Genesis, and what God said in Revelation, and what God said in Malachi, and what God said in Matthew is all the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the eternal Word, living Word of God, testifies to the eternal written Word of God. And every Word of God is pure and true. And God said, Isaiah, you declare the Word to the people. And part of that Word is a Word of comfort. People need comfort. People are so, so tied up in knots today. We have all kinds of burdens and problems, very, very, the very people that stand before us today and are, here, are listening by radio. Many have gone through valleys of sorrow, valleys of shock. Some have stood by their loved ones as they've seen their very life ebb away 
What do you say to a person like that? Sometimes nothing. Just go and stand with them. Just go let them know. Take their hand. Shed a tear with them. Stand by them in the funeral home and at the grave and be with them. Stand by them when they go through the valleys. Isaiah, comfort ye my people. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem. Cry unto her. Give her the word of comfort. And the men and women of our day need that word of comfort. Just Friday night, a young man who used to be in our school here was taken in death in an automobile accident, a tragic thing. We have his funeral tomorrow afternoon. That family needs comfort, the comfort of the Word of God. And God wants to give that kind of strength and grace and comfort. And that's part of the message. Secondly, there's a warfare, and we need to, we need to prepare for it. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. We're living in a battlefield. The world is at war. Not just the terrorist war, which is a new kind for us. We've had the Civil War, the Spanish War. We've had World War I, World War II, the Korean War, the Vietnam, Vietnam War. But now we have a new war. This is a different kind. We don't know where the enemies are. We don't know where they'll hit next. And they're all over everywhere. This is a war-weary world. But not only that kind of war, we have a war from hell against the people of, a, of the world. And the devil is doing everything he can to diminish spiritual fortitude in people's lives. He works more on God's people than he does anybody else. The second group of people he works on are those who get under the Word of God who have not yet been saved, but are hearing the message, and the devil deludes them by saying, not now, some other time, there's more time, don't do it today, some other more convenient season, put it off, wait, some other day. And that's the devil's word, and it's been hounding from hell all these years. And it's a lie. And I want to submit to you today, if you're here without Jesus Christ, you need to come to Him, run to Him, and let Him come into your heart and be your personal Savior. And if you're saved, go to God and let Him be your protector, your guide, your strength, your grace. And let Him be the under covering, the, the shelter in a time of storm, and the one who will be with you all through the day until there are no more nights and you'll be with him forever. It is not God's will that God's people go through with the nervous heebie-jeebies, having to run to all kinds of uh, psychiatrists and so on. I'm not against those. I'm not saying anything against them. But I'm just saying God's will is for us to go to him. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. And so the warfare that is raging, the Word of God, the message of God would say, go to God, go directly to God. Stand up on a high hill, God's people, and say to all the cities of Judah, to all the cities of the world, to all the cities of Warren County and of, 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 of America, behold your God. And when you see God, all oh, one glimpse of His dear face, all sorrow will erase when you see the Lord. And then there's another word. 
And that's the word not only of the, the word itself and warfare, but the word of warning. The voice said, cry. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass. All the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. As beautiful as the flowers are, they're not going to be there forever. They're going to fade. Their very presence reminds us that we're like the flowers. We're like the grass of the field. Very, very beautiful. This is a beautiful time of the year with the dogwoods out and the red buds and all the fields turning green. Lovely. But you know that in just a few months, all that will fade away and we'll go into a dark fall and winter again. Life is like that itself. The strongest, most beautiful person in this building today, within the sound of my voice, one day you're going to have to give up your strength. One day you're going to be feeble. One day you have to lay down this house you live in, and you're going to go of one to one of two places, either an eternal heaven with Jesus, where no evil thing cometh to despoil what is fair, or you're going to go to an eternal hell made originally for the devil and his angels. Hell is real. Heaven is real. All we know about either one of those is what the Bible says. And the word that comes to our hearts and the word that we would herald by radio and the word that we would get out to a world that is hungry is a warning word. Warning us that life as to duration is so very brief, just a heartbeat less and then a funeral. Just a breath less and then a grave dig. And every one of us has to give an account of himself before a holy God. And there's one other word in this passage, and that's the word of waiting. The last verse in chapter 40 is the closing word that God had Isaiah give those discouraged people. He said, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It is given to us to wait on the Lord. What does it mean to wait on the Lord? Two things. Number one, it means to be patient. Just wait. That's the hardest thing to do. Most of us have trouble with patience. I do. We want to see things happen quickly. We want to see the answers to our problems. Sometimes we sit in a hospital room and wait. Just wait. Sometimes we hear a promise from God and we know that God is real and God's promises never fail. But how often have we just had to sit and wait for that to come to pass? Just wait. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Because after we've waited a while, that waiting promise comes to fruition. And oh, what a blessing. What a blessing. And then there's another way to wait. That's to serve. To serve. Somebody said they, only, they also serve who only stand and wait. That's true. There's a service in waiting. Sometimes wait, waitresses at restaurants come to our table and they'll just have to have patience, sit there and wait to find out what our order is. But then, when they finally waited long enough to get our order, then we have to wait on them to bring the order. 
Sometimes that's a long time. But then when they start bringing the order, they're waiting on us. They're serving us. And that's the way it is with the Lord. We need to wait for Him to find out what His answer is, what His direction is, what His purpose is, what His plan is. Sometimes God has to wait on us to get our attention so we can hear what He's trying to say. And then after we hear Him and we've waited, then when we begin to serve, then is fulfilled perfectly that verse. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Because when you wait on the Lord in service to Him in the energy of the Spirit, it's not exhausting. It's not fatiguing. God gives you renewed strength. You may be fatigued. You may be strengthless. You may be going on your last leg. But when you have received something from God, and God has said something to you, and you begin to serve Him, there comes a new energy. It is supernatural. It is the energy of the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit gives us direction and we go forward in His power. Now that's the message. If you're in this place today and you have never received Jesus as your Savior, you need Him. He wants you and He encourages you to come with your sin, with your heart burden, with your load and just put it on Him. Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest to your soul. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. There are people in this room today who need to come and say, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I'd like for you to come today. If you've been saved already, some of you need to come and say, I want to follow the Lord in baptism. Some of you need to come and say, I've been away from God for a while and I need to get back to Him. I want to serve Him. I want to get busy doing what he told me to do. There are others who may be, need to move your church membership, become part of this fellowship, do what God tells you to do. Would you do his will today? May we bow together in prayer. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Our Father, we thank you for this precious time this morning. We thank you for the time you've given us by radio. We give you the glory and we want to tell you, Lord, we do not take it as a light thing. We, we are grateful. We're grateful for all those who help us by radio. We're thankful that for the modern miracle of taking the message spoken in this auditorium and hurling it across mountains and hills and valleys out to the regions beyond. Have thine own way. And in this place today, and those who listen by radio, may the Lord speak to that heart. And, and, and Lord, we know that you're not willing to pass anybody by if we're willing to come to you. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. Amen. Would you stand, please? Would you turn in your hymn book, please, to number 235, Pass me not, O gentle Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others thou art waiting, do not pass me by. 235. And would you listen carefully to God's message this morning, God's invitation. First, if you have never been saved, we encourage you to come to Jesus. Trust Him as your Savior and your Lord. The Bible says that Jesus died on the cross for us. He shed His blood. When they drove those nails in His hands, that crown on the thorns on His brow, the blood of God streamed down the cross. It was to form a blood of cleansing 
for the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses from all sin. And He'll forgive you and save you no matter what your sins are today. If you'll come. And if you've already been saved, you need to come and make it public. Let everybody know about it. Rejoice with you. And then follow the Lord in baptism. There are some who ought to come today to say that. There are others who need to come and say, I've been saved, but I've, I've, been, I've walked away from Him for a while. I need to get back. Just walk into the will of God. Do His will and His bidding. And others who ought to come to move your letter to this church. While we sing, quickly, would you step out in the aisle? Pass me not, O gentle Savior. May that be your prayer. Will you come, please?